Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers some of your most pressing questions. Let's hear what he has to say. One of the questions is this, how do you give kids a voice and opinion without seemingly letting them be disrespectful or argumentative? The second question is, how do you handle when a teen screams at you and blatantly disobeys? I know that nobody can relate with that. Somebody else said this and asked a question. says, how can I handle a boyfriend in the house for my 15-year-old daughter? It's killing me. <laughs> and here's the other one is that how do I balance rules of the house, uh, you know, in regards to like a curfew and allow independence? Great questions. You know, and, and, and my thing has always been and probably will always be that, that I can give you a philosophical answer to every one of these and something that sounds good and, and uh, makes you feel like, oh, I can do this, but I, that's not what I want. What I want more than anything else, I want to say what needs to be said and at the same time, give you some practical examples of how you can engage with your child to help them and you get to a different place. So here's one of the things. I, I think this is important. How do you give kids a voice or listen to their opinions without seemingly be disrespectful or argumentative? Okay, here, you have to realize this, that a, a child in their preteen years think more concretely, and then they're when they enter their teen years, now they think more abstractly, meaning they think just a little bit deeper. The first 12 years of their life, they're going to be spending all their time listening to you. Now it's your time to listen to them. You know, they, they're following everything that you say the first 12 years of their life. Now they're trying to figure out their own understanding of the world, of concept, of politics, of how school works, how relationships work, what their values are, what their principles. Do these biblical things that my parents have taught me really work? Do, how, do they, how do they play out? How am I supposed to relate to people? How do I find my place? How do I look good? How do I hold my values and principles and all the things that, that I've embraced in a world that's now spinning a little bit out of control, a little bit different? Your kids are dealing with that. So the first thing I would say is this. If your kids don't feel like they can share or voice their opinions, then they will find another place to do that and they will shut you out in a heartbeat. And so my comment to parents all the time is just realize that when a child is is beginning to share their thoughts and ideas, don't stifle that. Even if they're contrary to what you believe they should be, don't stifle it. Let, it, let them speak out loud. What they're doing is processing out loud. When a child says... You know, I I don't think I believe in this abortion thing. I think people ought to be able to have abortions. The tendency is most of us say, no, no, this is what Scripture says. This is what you need to do, and you're going to believe this way. Or we become disappointed and and have this feeling of, oh, no, I've done a bad job. Or we feel like we have to correct them immediately. No, no, you're not going to think like that because this is what God's Word says. Do you see what we're doing? We're saying you've got to think this way. 
And what we're doing is saying, instead of you following my thinking, which well, I want you to do the first 12 years of your life, now I want you to think and figure out how to think on your own. What's happening, a child is processing out loud. And let me take that example. If they say, you know, I think abortion's okay, then it may be that your answer to them is, really? Now, why would you think that? What's made you change the way that you engage? Have you thought that through? Do you know anybody that's had an abortion? Aren't you glad that your mom didn't have an abortion? You know, it's it's saying that I'm going to be inquisitive rather than argumentative and judgmental. See, what what I want more than anything else is to is to provide a setting and create an arena, an atmosphere, if you will, where a child can come to me and say anything they want so that I have the opportunity to share truth and speak into their life while they're talking to me. And the tendency is when they start to go against the values that they've been taught or they start to question them, the the hair on the back of my neck begins to rise just a little bit. And I go, whoa, 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 I don't want you thinking that way. But you know what? Really, you do, mom and dad. You want your kids to start thinking on their own. And I believe this, that they will take what they've been taught and they will apply it to their life, and they're trying to figure it out. So I want to be a help to them in the process. I don't want to be somebody that that keeps them from thinking on their own, because then they'll go ahead and take that adversarial position just so that they can be heard. I think what happens most of the time is that kids desperately want to be heard. They, they want somebody to listen to what they say, even if it's ridiculous and stupid, you know, my son used to say things, and I used to sit there and go, how could my son say something like that? I mean, where I, I thought he was a lot smarter than that. I didn't know my son was that stupid. That was, re- that was really what was going through my head as I listened to his comments at times. Probably the same thing that went through my dad's head, you know, I, when I was a teen. So there's, there's something about creating an atmosphere, and it's okay to do this. You don't have to be disrespectful, and you don't have to be argumentative when you talk about difference uh, of opinion. Now, the world would tell you otherwise right now. I mean, what we see right now is, is everybody at odds with one another and yelling and screaming and protesting and, and really acting like complete idiots in the midst of... of, of uh, trying to voice their opinion, trying to get everybody else to agree with them. And so it's almost like the new normal has has become that you got to argue all the time. You know what? That sets it up perfectly for parents to, to be able to say is, you don't have to argue with me. You know, if a child gets loud, I go, hey, wait, wait, wait. You don't have to be loud. I hear what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Well, they, do you agree with it? Nah, you know, I don't know whether I agree with that or not, but... I like it that you're talking to me, and then you ask questions. Now, the purpose of asking questions isn't to push them in a corner and tell them what a rotten person they are because they're not thinking the way that you're thinking, but it's to get them to a point where they are processing everything they know. I believe that the seeds that, that you have sown into the life of your child will come to fruition one day. And if they will, then your job as a parent is to cultivate those seeds not to squish them. Hear what I'm saying? There's something about inviting a child to be different and to have different lines of thought so they can learn to think. And chances are those families that are allowing a child to think and develop their thinking patterns 
What you find is in, in time, a child becomes very healthy. How do you handle when a teen screams at you and is blatantly disobedient? <laughs> okay, let me tell you something. The reason a child screams at you is because he feels like he's not being heard. Or maybe she feels like she's not getting what she wants. There's something about, if, I, if it doesn't work with me speaking in a normal tone, then I will raise my tone. And then if I don't listen, what you find is then kids start acting out. And it's, it's that typical way of, a, of saying, you know what, I, I, w- I want you to have freedom and I want you to, to be able to, to do the things that you want to do, but you're not going to get them by screaming at me because now we've moved into disrespect. And, and I'll tell you one thing that, that, that I believe to be true. I think if you don't have respect within a family, then you've lost it altogether. And so you got to ask yourself this question. Why does a child feel the need to scream at me all the time? What am I doing that they feel like I'm not listening? And I, I would encourage you to do this. Repeat back what they say. It's called you know, almost reflective thinking or reflective questioning. If they say, you know, I think there's a pink elephant. Right? Where, where do you think that pink elephant is? Or if they say, you know, I'm not feeling good. Why aren't you not feeling good? It, what I'm doing is asking a question, but I'm asking a question, and what they're hearing is that I just understood what they were saying. Whatever they say, I repeat part of that back to them to let them know I am listening to you all ears. And then when they start raising their voice, I go, whoa, 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 you don't have to raise your voice. I'm listening to you right here. Just because it's loud doesn't mean that that it's any stronger. I can hear what you say. I think when it gets to the point of being blatantly disobedient, I have to ask myself a question as a parent first and say, is there something about me that is causing my child to, to not obey what I want them to? And, and, and I think that's a, it's a fair question to say, is there something about me that is, that is just not right? The tendency is we look at the speck in somebody else's eye before we look at the log in our own eye. And, and quite honestly, the only, there's only one person in the world that I can change, and that's me. So I've got to be asking the question, so what is it about me? What is it truly about me that I need to be doing something different where my child will obey me? You know, and, and this question sounds like there's a loss of relationship. You know, because I tell people all the time, if you have a discipline problem, you have a relationship problem. So when a teen is screaming and blatantly disobeys, I go, you got a, you got a relationship problem. You can solve it by controlling their screaming and getting them to obey you. But the point here is to try to further the relationship so that five years from now, you can laugh at this time rather than being pushed apart and never see each other again. And so my comment to you would be this. It's sitting down and saying, this is where I know that I've been wrong. I haven't handled these things right. I know I come across this way. You know, I've always had this problem. Those are words of healing that tell a child that I'm, I'm listening to you and, and I know that I've done something wrong and I want this to be different. I want us to have normal conversation. The child may not like that at first. Who cares? Say it anyway, because now you can change the atmosphere, but you got to look at yourself first. Third question here is, how do I handle a boyfriend in the house for my 15-year-old? It's killing me. I love this. You know what? I, I never knew that 
that um, my wife's parents um, were freaking out when Jan and I were both 14 years old and would hang out in the house. I didn't know that they were that scared of us. But, he, you know, I, I think it's okay to have some rules. Hey, you can be in this part of the house and not this part of the house. You don't, you don't get to go into her bedroom. You know what? I, I never went into my wife's bedroom um, while we were dating. We dated from the ninth grade on up. And, uh, but I was never in her room. And the thought of it just seems so odd. Now kids are in each other's room all the time. Create another place in the house where they can have privacy and spend some time together. That would be my encouragement. But make sure that you're watching and always keeping an eye out. You know, just be careful. I wouldn't let a 15, 14-year-old in the house by themselves um, with your daughter. I mean, there's just, there's just some boundaries that need to be set. You know, and you can say, hey, hey, this, this young man is welcome at our house anytime as long as we're here but not when we're not here. Well, you don't trust me. Not has nothing to do with trust. Well, what does it have to do with? Just tell them, I, you know, I don't know. I just don't think it's a good idea. Well, why don't you think it's a good idea? I don't know. I'm just not going to allow it. So he can come over anytime. Hey, why, didn't he, why don't you have him come over for dinner, you know, this Wednesday night or Thursday night? Why don't you have him come over this afternoon? Hey, why didn't he go to church with us? Hey, why didn't he go out to eat afterwards? Hey, why don't we meet up and, and um, go to a movie or something? You know, I I think it's okay to set these boundaries. Boundaries have an amazing way of defining who you are and protecting who you are and how you want to raise your kids, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm sure this 15-year-old kid's just as horny as every other 15-year-old kid, and there's a part of that that you have to watch as well. And if you didn't watch it, you wouldn't be normal either. So uh, for, whatever, for whatever it's worth. Hey, here's another question. How do you balance rules of a house, curfew, and allow independence? You know, every one of us want our kids to become independent. Every one of us. I mean, nobody wants a clown on a couch at age 25 playing video games and sitting around doing nothing. I want them to be independent. And so what that means is this. I've got to give them opportunity to make decisions. And so it may be like in, in, in regards to like a curfew, what you say is, is that, hey, if you can do this curfew thing and, and do it well for, you know, like for the next two months or so, and it's 1130 at night on a Saturday night, I'll let you stay out till 1230. And uh, we'll just play it by ear. And of course, that's age appropriate. That's not for a 12-year-old, but an 18-year-old, you may say make it even later than that. But but for somebody who's in their middle teens, I think it's okay to say, hey, my point is to help you become independent, and I'm going to get you there, and I want you to make more and more decisions because you're in that training mode. You're not in just a teaching mode anymore. You're in a training mode that you want them to make decisions and to learn how to become independent, and some of that is just plain house rules, you know, that you say, you got to pick up these things, you got to do these chores, you have to do these things, make good choices, this is your choice, and then you reward them for when they do something well, but there's also a consequence if they don't do what you've asked of them as well. And so you balance it by letting them know that you want them to become independent and you want to give them more things. So make good decisions so I can give you more and more freedoms. Hey, hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit ParentingTodaysTeens.org 
And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful in your life and family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us back here on Monday for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.